Hey dog people of the internet, welcome to Cog Dog Radio, a podcast all about dog sports, behavior, and training. I'm your host, Sarah Stremming of the Cognitive Canine, and I can't wait to share my behavior cases, training revelations, and general geekery with you. Let's get started. Hey friends, I have a special episode for you today. I sat down with Lynn Cox, who is a New York Times bestselling author, as well as an athlete who broke the men's and women's world records twice for swimming across the English Channel. She's also known for her historic swim across the Bering Strait, which promoted peace during the USA and the USSR. I first heard about Lynn from another podcast. It's Phoebe Judge's podcast, This Is Love, and I have linked that episode in the show notes, and I hope that you'll go listen to it because it's very magical. But the reason Lynn and I sat down to talk is because she's got this new book coming out May 24th, Tales of Al, the Water Rescue Dog, and it's all about the time that she spent in Italy learning about the water rescue dogs there. So these are dogs that are trained to like jump out of helicopters and save drowning people in the water at the School of Italian Water Rescue Dogs. It also goes into detail about a lot of other dogs that she knows. It really connects her love of swimming and people and dogs all together. We talk about the importance of positive reinforcement and the importance of everybody feeling safe in a learning environment. And really all of the stories in the book are about dogs and water, but they're also about courage and kindness and friendship And it's a really beautiful book that I hope you'll check out. And I hope you enjoy our chat. All right. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. So Lynn, I first heard of you through the story of Grace and the Gray Whale, which is this really outrageous story of you uh, swimming in the Pacific Ocean, I think. And a baby gray whale kind of latched onto you and swam with you. And it's this elaborate story. You wrote, a, you wrote a book about it entitled Grayson, where you realized there was a whale swimming with you. And so, so many of these events all kind of unfolded to get the baby whale back to his mother. And I actually heard you tell that story on a different podcast that I will link for everybody. And I listened to it more than once because it was so enchanting. So I'm excited to talk to you today about your upcoming book coming out later in May, May 24th, Tales of Al, the Water Rescue Dog, which is about your time at this school for water rescue dogs in Italy. And Al is kind of this unique dog. She's a little bit much. She's a Newfoundland. But she was a little bit more, had a little bit of extra versus the other dogs maybe at the school. Do you want to tell us a little bit about her? Well, she was so enthusiastic about everything. And the problem was, was that Donatella, her owner, who was vice president of the school, was trying to get her to behave. And Al really had a mind of her own. So it was really difficult because here Donatella was, you know, the vice president of the school. She still is. And she was trying to get Al to be respectable and to get her to do what she was asking of her. And Al was a puppy at heart. And so she had this unbridled energy and enthusiasm. And it was really embarrassing for Donatella because uh, she couldn't get Al to slow down and and listen to her commands. 
And so, you know, I had traveled all the way from, from California to Milan area to go and watch, observe how the dogs were being trained. And um, Al was not a model student. <laughs> well, I think my listeners will relate to having a dog that's maybe a little bit embarrassing at times or maybe not a model student. But through the book, which just tells these great stories of being at the school and seeing Al learn, we see that she actually is quite talented and kind of squeezing her into into a box or trying to kind of make her follow all the commands was maybe not the right way to go because she had such a natural talent, right? So talk about that a little bit. Well, she was extremely observant and she noticed things that the other dogs had no clue was going on. And so there were moments throughout my engagement with her where she would notice like dragonflies landing on someone's shoulder and watch them in flight. Or she would notice ducks and, and other water birds moving across the lake and observe them and respond to them where the other dogs were really calm. So she had this innate ability to be more of an observer and to be really aware of her environment. And because of that, she wasn't responding just like the other dogs. That's really interesting. And I think that I can definitely relate to that with my border collies. They notice everything. A lot of my listeners have border collies. I have a big agility contingent. And so we know that a dog that notices everything can be really fantastic, but they can be really, really challenging. I love that Al saw dragonflies and birds. And I also love that she just had... She just had so much energy. I mean, here I'm kind of envisioning a hot day with a big hairy dog in Newfoundland, and she just didn't seem to be held back by anything. She didn't care that it was hot. She didn't care what was going on. She just wanted to do her thing. She really wanted to participate, and that was what was so interesting, because at the school, the Newfoundlands and the other water dogs, the Golden Retrievers, the Labradors, Flat-Coated Retrievers, the Italian specialty dogs are all involved in the school as well, and I wrote a little bit about them, but Al just really wanted to be in the water. She wanted to be pulling people into shore. She wanted to rescue them. She wanted to participate, but she really hadn't learned how yet to do it. So because of that, her efforts were not rewarded. <laughs> she, she was a troubled student in the eyes of many people. And in fact, there were a couple not so nice comments from one woman who had an adult golden retriever and the dog was the perfect golden retriever. And I sort of just thought, you know, just give Al a little bit of time, give her a little bit of room. And actually, you know, as time goes by, she does catch on very quickly. She does learn from the instructors and from the other dogs. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was so fascinating going to the school, I hadn't thought of it before, and I'm sure you know about it and other people that are dog lovers, is that dogs really learn a lot from each other. And at this Italian Water Rescue Dog School, Lifeguard Dog School, the dogs are taught by other dogs so that there's this transference of knowledge that goes from one older dog to a younger one. 
And also, they're, they have to be really careful that bad habits are not taught by one older dog to another younger dog. You know, and again, I would not have thought about any of this, but it was so much fun to observe. And also, the thing that I liked so much about the group there was that they taught their dogs like my mom and dad worked with our beagles or our dalmatian or the dogs that i had growing up it was all about positive reinforcement and actually i wrote a lot about al but i've written a lot more about other dogs in my life in a neighborhood and and animals that i've dogs that i've connected with that for some reason threw my heart in and and made my life richer because of them. So I think because of those early experience with dogs, when I found out about Al and saw these Newfoundlands in Italy leaping out of helicopters into the water to pull people to shore, it it just grabbed me because of my background as a swimmer. But also, you know, when you've been a swimmer and then you grow up, you become a lifeguard too. So here you have dogs and lifeguard dogs and swimming. And so it was just like, I have to go there. I have to find out more. And then to see this community of people who were so open, responsive, gentle, and kind, and, and they reinforced their teaching positively. There was never a time where I saw somebody hit a dog or kick it or scold it. It was, you know, there was this constant praising and if some dog didn't do what was right they would try to show what was right and then they would try I think two more times and after that it's like okay we're done with that for the day let's move on to something else where the dog can do it and be rewarded for doing it and it's so interesting because through the years I taught swimming to all ages and that was the same kind of method that I used especially when I had somebody who was a little and scared you, you try twice and if the the student doesn't get it then you move on so it doesn't reinforce the failure instead of success and so it was really 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 fun to observe this and to see you know the gentleness because the last thing I want to ever see is somebody throwing a dog in the water or a puppy or a child or an adult. I just think, you know, what you do is set up the dog or the the person for trauma. It's it's not not the way to do it. You know, teach the skill, let them get confidence, let them get strong. And as they get strong, let them become more confident and eventually swim on on their own, either if it's a dog or a human being. Yes, I loved the stories in the book about you helping children learn to swim and how sometimes dogs would be involved in those stories. I love you talking about how important it is not to just rehearse failure and set the student up for failure. It's so important to set them up for success. And it is, it is really fantastic how much that resonates, how much that's how you teach swimming. That's how the Italian school for the dogs would teach. We set them up for success. We rehearse successes and they get better. And talk a little bit more about the dogs learning by watching the other dogs. I would love to hear some details from that because it's something that's a little bit it's interesting it's a little disputed some people think that that isn't possible I've lived with multiple dogs for long enough to know that it certainly is <laughs> and that usually they are learning things that you don't want them to learn from the other dogs unless you orchestrate it so that the dogs are demonstrating good things for your puppies it's a really important thing to not allow 
your young dogs to learn the older dog's bad habits. But talk a little bit about how that was done at the school, if you can. Well, one of the things that I observed was that they had a large female uh, Newfoundland named Nass, and she was the master of rescue. And she had taught a lot of the younger dogs at the school. So it was set up so that I would go into the water and pretend that I was drowning. Her owner and the head of the school, Ferrucci Pelagia, would release mass and she would swim to me, present her harness and have me hold on. And so that's exactly what happened. I swam about 200 meters offshore, uh, started raising my arms like I was drowning, you know, lifting them up and down, up and down and Ferruccia re released mass. She swam out to me so quickly. It was amazing how fast this big dog could swim. And then she swam in a circle around me kind of wide because she wanted to make sure that I wasn't afraid of her. Apparently they've been taught at the school to make sure that victims, people that are in trouble are not terrified of dogs. Mm -hmm. And she saw that I was not afraid of her. So then she came in closer and presented the handle on top of her harness to me. And I grabbed on and she pulled me to shore. So then eventually um, we did this a few more times and I tested her to see what would happen if I let go. And, and she had been trained to come back and present the harness to me again. And actually, I saw the look in her face when I did it the third time where I just intentionally let go of the harness. <laughs> and she was like, just grab on to it. She's you like, know? what so, is wrong with you, lady? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Aren't you dumb? <laughs> so I grabbed onto the harness and she pulled me ashore. We did that same drill about half an hour later with Al, where she mass went out with me and then Al swam out and did exactly the same drill that mass had done they'd been practicing it and Al was able to imitate that and so that may have been from mass showing her that day or it may have been from training from before or it may have been accumulation accumulation of both but you know the other thing i saw afterwards which i really enjoyed after these different training sessions is the group of of students and their owners and both of them are our students the owners as well as the dogs are learning how to do all this and they're also learning how to become lifeguard people so after this event is all over they gather near the lake and have a picnic and the dogs get out and play and you see the puppies learning how to play from the adult dogs so if somebody has a big howl and starts pulling it the other dog will start pulling it too but one of the things that I learned at the school is that the instructors and the owners try to be more exciting than any toy so that the dog's attention will be always on the owners and instructors so they don't play with tennis balls they don't bring squeaky toys they work with the dog as if they are the ones that are needing to engage the dog and I thought that was really fascinating too that they don't put a barrier between themselves and the dog you know if you want to have fun you get to play with me mm -hmm. <laughs> you know if you want to learn you get to learn from me you don't do it with a tennis ball that's so interesting and Clearly, there's some instinct involved. Don't you think when you're observing these, I mean, Newfoundlands, I know, 
have been water rescue dogs for a long time. Do you feel like this is all taught from scratch or did you see that maybe we had some instinct going on as well? Well, I think it's a combination of both. And I think it's probably a combination of honing those skills. It's probably like taking somebody that's a good swimmer and just an average swimmer. And they start out at the same same spot. They both have swimming lessons, but you see one who excels and you mm-hmm. see the other one that just is pretty okay with it. The, the dogs that I saw at the school love to be in the water. I mean, as I said before, there were golden retrievers and Labradors. There were Benoni. They were, I had never met one of those before. They are really interesting. And actually, I found out there are a lot of them in the Northeast part of the United States. Uh, and I was just recently in Ithaca, New York, and it was like walking down the street going, wait a second, that's Benoni. <laughs> and that was also, they, was yeah, so- they're around they're around. Yeah. And it was also so fun to learn that there's something like a dozen breeds of dogs that are just specific to Italy that I had never seen before and never mm-hmm. heard about. Um, one was a truffle dog and one was another kind of scent dog. And, you know, they varied in size from as big as a great Pyrenees to, you know, a very small lap dog. So that was fun. And I can't recount all the names of them right now. But I think that that was one of the other great things about being able to go to Italy, and to realize there are dog breeds that are way beyond what we know as AKC dogs. Mm -hmm. And to find out from locals more about them, you know, you go and you explore the world and you find out amazing things about dogs and people. What a true statement. You explore the world, you find out amazing things about dogs and people. I have had similar experiences too, going to different countries, seeing the different types of dogs that they have. New Zealand has a couple of different, they're called land race breeds that exist pretty much only in New Zealand. Really, really cool. Really cool. To are see they like dogs border collies? Are they border collie like dogs? Healers? Some border kind collie or? like dogs. So the one is called a heading dog. And it looks, it looks like a smooth coat border collie. And then the other is called a hunt away. And it almost looks like a Rottweiler mix. And it's an all-purpose farm dog. And I just, especially New Zealand being isolated, they've developed a a couple of those different breeds to do kind of their farm work for them. So it is interesting. And anywhere you go, there are different types of dogs and different kind of styles that people like. And there are certainly then, of course, different needs for for the dogs so I love that they were using the Spinonis as well as the more traditional kind of water rescue dogs and Newfies and Labs and Goldens. Lynn if you have like a favorite story of Al for us to end on (laughs) can you share it? Um, Actually I think one of the things I just loved was there was a time where we were done, or the, the the students and their owners, the whole group was done with their with their work out there, and they're because they do workouts. They they increase the distance that the dogs swim. The people increase the distances mm-hmm. to swim. There's this whole training routine, and it's intense. And so once that was over, there was a period of time where they had some puppies that they brought over, and they wound up getting in the owners get in the water with three of the different dogs one was a German shepherd one was a Labrador and one was a golden retriever and they raced these dogs like they were little Ferraris (laughs) from waist deep water to shore and 
everyone on shore was cheering and yelling and, and <laughs> just having the blast. And you could just see that the puppies were responding to that. And also the dogs on shore were barking and cheering as well. And so that moment was like one of my most favorite moments of, of just seeing how everyone was having fun and learning something, you know? It's, it reads like such a fantastic, amazing trip. I know you've done a lot of world travel, but everything about it appealed to me because there was, there was food. There was great food. You, you actually made me very hungry many times reading the book. Great dogs, people who are really passionate about dogs and dog training. All of that just sounds like a dream come true to me. It was fantastic because, you know, we, we get to have picnics afterwards and I get to meet the German shepherds and I get to meet, you know, the different dogs and everyone wanted to show off their dog. And I love dogs. So it was like, oh, this is great. And then, you know, there were different people who brought different food and we tried, you know, Parmesan cheese and, and balsamic vinegars that I had never experienced before. So this was like a delight for the heart, for the taste, for the senses to be in Italy. I love Italy anyway, and um, I've done some swims there before across northern lakes and to be able to go back there and to be able to connect with people was fantastic but I also just like those those quieter times where people would slow down and tell you a little bit about their lives and what they do and what what's special about living where they live and I think you know the dogs are the ambassadors they're the ones that bring us closer to each other that somebody may be shy but if you have a dog you'll go over and say hi to the dog and then the person relaxes and suddenly there's a conversation that goes on and I've really learned that not just in Italy but across the U.S. and around the world that you know our our dogs help us to navigate the world and open it up and I feel like I'm so lucky that I was able to meet Al and the Italian water rescue dogs but also have had so many wonderful experiences with neighbor's dogs and I live in Long Beach California and friends of mine have golden retrievers and labradoodles and so sometimes I'll be able to swim in the bay with them and that to me is just as much fun you know it's just it actually it's more fun sometimes than just going back and forth and working out it's it's just it makes life different and 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 more enjoyable i think dogs they unite us they bring us together and they are they definitely make life more enjoyable for sure yeah. for me for sure yeah. lynn thank you so much for chatting with me today if people want to know more about you where can they find you they can go to www.lynnecox.com and it gives you all the background on my books and my swimming and my speaking and anything you want to find out. Perfect. And we'll definitely link that for everybody. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you so much, sir. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. If you'd like to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash cogdogradio. You might even hear me answer your question on the show. For more content like the stuff you heard here, check out my online courses at cog-dog-classroom.teachable.com.